You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello, Habs fans. Welcome to this week's episode of the Press Zone Montreal, right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Uh, episode 226 for your listening pleasure today. Of course, uh, we are a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network, so a uh, little shout out to those guys as well as to our uh, sponsor, DraftKings. You'll hear from them in a little bit. We've got a special offer for new users that you don't want to miss. Uh, but we have a great show in store for you today if you are a fan of the Montreal Canadiens and their prospects in the AHL. Uh, I am your host, the lead correspondent at the AHL Report. My name is Amy Johnson. I'm joined each and every week by our founder and editor-in-chief, and he is the one and only Rick Stevens. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm <laughs> I'm doing all right. <laughs> really? Another day, another adventure. Sounds kind of exasperated. Mm, another day, another adventure. I see. Mm, covering the Montreal Canadiens organization has been quite a an amusement park ride this year, let me tell you. Certainly the off-season and Ooh. then into the beginning of the season yeah. have been, yeah. Mm. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Soap opera-ish. It really is. I mean, I think Amazon Prime Video really missed out on the opportunity <laughs> well, to... to this, is, this is the team that they should have had cameras behind the scenes on this season and all all summer. Well, it's, the funny thing is that that the news came out that um, uh, that it was leaked that that the Canadians have made application uh, mm. to the All or Nothing series, uh-huh. uh, the the uh, Amazon Prime Video, uh, to you know they would like to be involved too, just like the Leafs were, and um, and <laughs> there'd be ratings. I guarantee. You well, that. now you're saying, are you sure? Are you really sure? Um, given all that's happened uh, this year. But anyway, it it wouldn't I don't think it would be as uh, tell all. It would be it would be as as you know 24CH was and all of that. It was kind of what we want you to know about, you know, the inside goings on. Yeah. It was good. I don't think the Canadians really want to touch that with a 10-foot pole right now. Not now. I don't think so. So, we've got uh we're going to we're going to dish on some things today. Yeah, some, that's kind of a it's kind of a hint of what's coming, right? Mm, um, it's I, I don't know I, I don't know if I should say it's good or it's bad when news breaks right before we sit down to record to this. Mm-hmm. 
because that's when I've got like all the spicy opinions and I don't know if I can keep my mouth shut. So, mm. yeah. Uh, There's someone on the Canadians <laughs> that doesn't know uh, how to keep their mouth shut. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, well, fortunately for me, uh, it's my job to not well, keep no, my mouth I, shut. I, I'm, so, not, I'm uh, not putting you in the same category. <laughs> no, no, I know you're not. So I'm not saying good for me. Um, I don't have to. Uh, well, we'll see when we get there. We've got. So, yeah, we've got some. Um, <laughs> we've got some things to talk about with the Canadians. Uh, not the least of which is the fact that uh, it's taking, I don't know, sacrifices to every god in the universe to get a win, which they managed to, to do finally. So we are going to talk about that uh, as they now get set to kick off their Western road trip. We all we know how those usually go. Usually just such a good time. Mm, good times had by all usually or not. Uh, and, uh, you know... <laughs> Had on my had on my agenda today this happy news that hey the team was going to get a visit from Shea Weber while they're in Seattle how cool is that it's fantastic and well then some things came out today uh, that are going to kind of spoil the happy side of that a little bit but we're going to talk about it uh, then in the second segment we're going to talk about the Laval Rocket uh, they played three games last week one at home and two on the road we're going to give you the latest from those. We've got some post-game audio from the home game that we want to bring to you. Uh, preview their week ahead as they set up a three-game uh, week all at home at Place Bell. Um, and then, okay, enter enter argumentative item number two uh, with some, some comments that came out from one of the current active players uh, today in the media. And we've got some thoughts about it because... Um, it's sad to say we're not surprised by said comments at all. Uh, so we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, and hey, the ECHL affiliate, brand spanking new ECHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens, the Trois Rivières Lions, they just kicked off their inaugural season. We'll get you up to date on those folks down there. Uh, and then in our third segment, we go uh, around the AHL and beyond. We'll give you the AHL Player of the Week. The new AHL Hall of Fame inductees at this year's All Star Game, and we'll get you all set for the week ahead. So, do we do we dare embark on <laughs> today's do journey? We dare? Of course. <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's We're fearless. Fearless. Mm-hmm. Mm. Here we go. As I rub my hands together in glee, uh, let's start on a happy note. Fans of the Montreal Canadiens know the preseason and the first handful of games first five games for this team uh, to start the season have been uh, I, I'll put it nicely to say a chore to live through um, it's been difficult it's been rough and finally I mean if there was ever a time that they needed to find a way to get a win it was their last home game before heading out west and they managed to do that against the Detroit Red Wings on Saturday night, which is is kind of a, an enormous oxymoron because the Detroit Red Wings have been, you know, bottom of the barrel for the last couple of seasons, but they've been the team that the Canadians have struggled so much against uh, in past years. But this time they come out on top, uh, and Rick, it was uh, it was good to see the Bell Center crowd uh, excited again and and full of chance. And Matthew Perot with a hat trick uh, in in his home province w- was a pretty great story to come out of the night and how emotional he was uh, after that third goal and hearing his name being chanted and so on and so forth. So 
finally a little bit of good news for the Canadians. For sure. Yeah, no, it was great. And and it didn't start off it didn't start off well. Uh, Jake Allen gave up, uh, he, he's been, he was shaky in the, in the, uh, preseason hasn't been, he's been okay. Let's say, um, in, during the season so far, uh, the regular season, uh, and he gave up, a a goal that he'd want back, uh, to start the game to Dylan Larkin kind of lost his net on the play, uh, with, um, uh, ben Sherratt in the penalty box. Uh, ben Sherratt would make up for that uh, a short time later, before the end of the period. It was Mike Hoffman uh, getting uh, his first as a Canadian um, on the power play. The the power play has been struggling, so all all of that is good news uh, for the Canadians. And then Christian Dvorak in the second period, and then the Matthew Perot show after that. So uh, it, it was, it, the Canadians uh, uh, didn't allow much um, and, uh, and they made their opportunities count. Uh, lots of firsts in the game and uh, got the, the struggling power play uh, sort of launched. And uh, so it was, no, it was a great game. Uh, a Saturday night, Bell Center, um, everybody got to celebrate. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it, it was the fans had already been through enough. It was time to celebrate a win. Uh, now the question will be if can they maintain that? Can they recreate that and reproduce that product on the road uh, on their Western road trip? We'll get to that in a moment. We should mention, of course, uh, at all Habs or on Twitter or allhabs.net online. That's where you want to go for the full comprehensive game recaps win lose or draw, uh, that's where you want to go. Lots of great information there. Rick takes care of those full game summaries and stats and video highlights and line combinations and you name it. Just as if, if you're accustomed to how thorough our AHL game recaps are, uh, even better over there on the NHL side with Rick uh, at allhabs.net. So make sure you're checking up on those game recaps after each game. Um, and then, of course, as they do get set to kick off this Western road trip, uh, first off facing the Seattle Kraken at the brand new Climate Pledge Arena uh, tonight, um, you will also find extensive game previews each afternoon. In fact, uh, usually a handful of hours before the game, those hit Twitter and allhabs.net, and you want to check those out as well. Mm -hmm. um, the big, so as I mentioned, they, they're starting off the road trip in Seattle, getting to play the, uh, as I saw someone tweet today, the oldest franchise facing off against the youngest franchise for the first time. Um, and uh, it, you know. Well, there were those Seattle Metropolitans, but other than that. Well. 1919. You said it, not me. You said it, not me. At all Habs, if you've got something to say. Um, but yeah, so it's all eyes will be on this game. It'll be an interesting one for sure. F uh, you know, fun to watch. Seattle hasn't uh, hasn't won on their on their new home ice yet. Um, so they'll be looking for a win. The Canadians are going to be desperate to get a second win under the belt. Um, and 
what was kind of going to punctuate this portion of the trip really nicely was that it's pretty close in proximity to way to where Shea Weber is currently at home and rehabbing and so forth. And so it came out that he was going to be uh, trekking to Seattle to catch up with the team. And uh, you even you even found a, a photograph that was taken of uh, Shea and Cole Caulfield, and Tyler Toffoli, Brendan Gallagher, a bunch of the guys all at the Seattle Seahawks Monday night football game uh, on Monday night, which is which is pretty fun for him to get to be around. Just overall, what a what a lift, not only for for Shea Weber. Uh, well, I should say not only for for everyone on the team who hasn't had a chance to see their captain all year. Um, you know, they know he's he's struggling they know that he's really sacrificed his body over and beyond what anybody would be expected to uh they respect him as their captain and their leader so what a what a boost for them to get to see him but on the other side of that rick what a boost for for shea weber to get to see his guys you know he's he's still wears that c technically uh and and he's he's still their leader and and this is the first time that he's gotten to see them and actually look them in the eye and and give them a hug and and just reconnect with them how frustrating must it be for shea weber uh not to be on the ice with his uh with his team knowing that he could help them uh that uh the defense is is uh where the the organization uh where the the team has struggled and they've made changes and that's that's caused uh some problems on the offense as well but um that's where where the the difficulties lie he could help them but also uh the frustration of of him not being there to help uh, calm down the team, help make sure that they're focused. Uh, he knows, uh, Mark Bergevin said, sometimes it was just a look um, that that he can have an influence, help them through difficult times, the difficult times being the, the losing streak to start the season. Um, all of that uh, is, is got to be difficult for him. Uh, and, 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 and not starting a season playing. There's, there's all kinds of emotions. So this is, this is a great story, a great opportunity for him to spend a couple of days with the team, as you said, uh, in close proximity. Uh, so he could, uh, come to Seattle, uh, spend some time bonding with the guys, uh, at, uh, the, the Saints, uh, Seahawks game. Uh, and then uh, and then be in the locker room and and uh, and watch them at practice and and uh, the game tonight and he was sitting with Mark Bergevin and and uh, kind of watching the team as they they went through the game day skate uh, all of that is just it is just is just nothing but good news it's it's a wonderful story um, he's absolutely one of the, the while well, he's the best captain it's been said by many in the National Hockey League and one of the best captains ever to wear the C uh, in a CH jersey um, so it's 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 just nothing but good news for the Montreal Canadiens and Shea Weber. Absolutely. Nick Suzuki even said in his uh, media availability today that, you know, not only was it exciting for all of them to get to see their captain, but that there's a bunch of new guys in that dressing room, uh, many of which have never met Shea Weber. And and he kind of, kind of alluded to the fact that some of those guys were kind of excited to get to meet Shea Weber for the first time, finally. Like, they know he's, he's their captain, but... but 
Shea Weber is kind of a bigger than life kind of player. Um, and yes, he's your captain, but when you're not usually in the dressing room with him because of the circumstances this year, yeah, you know, it's it's natural for some of those guys to really be hyped up and looking forward to getting to meet the the great Shea Weber and and actually get to to make a connection with him. So um, as you say, nothing but good news there. Um, just a really happy moment of a story to come out for the Canadians to kick off this week. And then right before Nick Suzuki, I don't know if it was before or after, because at this point this afternoon is a blur. But in addition to Nick Suzuki, Jonathan Duran also took to the microphone this afternoon uh, in in advance of the game. Um, and boy, it, Jonathan Duran didn't just, just open his mouth and drop a bomb on everyone. He like poured the gasoline, lit a match and walked away. Uh, and created the biggest and most fast. I haven't seen a firestorm happen on social media that fast in a long time. Uh, Jonathan Duran basically came out and and I don't know if he was trying to downplay Weber's visit. He was obviously asked about it. Was was trying to to downplay. Um, the visit, I, I don't know what the purpose of that was, but he basically said, uh, let me let me just take a look here. Hold on. Uh, let me get the translation. Um, he's scouting. He's with Mark Bergevin. He's essentially retired. Everyone knows it now that he won't be back with us. You move on. Hockey is over. He finished. And continues, he's obviously not back in the locker room getting dressed with us. I think you guys, meaning the media, are making a big, big story out of this. It's just Webby coming to see us and say hi to the guys. So, holy, holy cow. Um, There's one side of this, which is, uh, well, I don't think that your captain who hasn't seen you guys in person... Uh, and who is trying to heal his very broken body that he sacrificed for this organization, um, coming to see you guys is not not a big deal. Like, of course it's a big deal. Of course it's a big story. We just talked about all the reasons why. But on the flip side of that, he used the R word, retired, insinuating, well, he's basically retired. Mark Bergevin just met with the media last week, impromptu, and was asked about Weber. Did he say Weber was retired? No. He said, you know, is, it, is, is he going to ever play again? He called it a long shot. But he said, I've got some plans in mind. I'm not going to give you details about the plans for Webby right now. But, but in no way, shape, or form did he say retired. And in no way, shape, or form should anyone ever use the word retire when it comes to another player except the player himself or the organization. Jonathan Duran decided he was going to insinuate today that Weber has retired and all of Twitter melted down, rightfully so. Uh, the, the, the press immediately went to Paul Wilson and said, oh my God, Paul Wilson, is this true? Is this true? And, and Paul Wilson vehemently then said, Absolutely not. He has not announced that he is retiring. He has not said that he is retiring. He has not signed anything that he is retiring. He is still an LTIR. There is absolutely zero truth to this. So, Rick, this is a mess. 
this is um, listen. Uh, people will will put this this protective dome around um, Jonathan Duran, given uh, what he's been through. But we have to we have to be honest about what just happened. It was careless. It was irresponsible. Uh, his words, uh, Jonathan Duran's words, and coming from a, a player who has always been uh, Jonathan Duran first. He's self-centered. He's the furthest thing, the furthest type of player that could be considered a team first player. He's not that. He's at the opposite extreme. Always has been and has been, you know, blame his agent, Alan Walsh, for pushing him in that direction. But he's always been that type of player. This was outrageous irresponsible um it, it it has massive his words have massive repercussions massive um for the Montreal Canadiens for Shea Weber for the NHL and for the Nashville Predators um Shea Weber still has 5 years including this year 5 years left on his contract that pays him 7.8 million dollars a year uh, Shea Weber's not walking away from $40 million. Nope. Um, and, and neither would Jonathan Drouin, if anyone would pay him that. Um, it, it's, it, the, the Canadians had to go through a lot of hoops in order to get uh, Shea Weber classified as LTIR uh, because other teams asked the NHL to be, uh, to scrutinize this. Um, you know, just, Look what happened uh, last season with the Tampa Bay, uh, and and what happened with Kucherov and and so on. They this is something that the Canadians had to jump through a whole lot of hoops. And when Bill Daly said, um, "Yes, uh, we are not challenging the the ruling to put him on LTIR," he emphasized that they would be continuing to do due diligence throughout this process to make sure. That, that Shea Weber still qualified for that status. Um, Nashville, if Shea Weber retired, would have huge reca- recapture um, fees uh, attached. That would, would a, a huge hit to their salary cap uh, for a recapture penalty. Um, it's it's and and the, the Canadians they've already obviously spent the money. Uh, on replacements and so on, uh, that money that uh, has been uh, put on LTIR uh, with respect to Weber. So everything is 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 has to be dealt with carefully. And uh, Jonathan Duran was was just completely careless. Um, all of that, plus with respect to the player, have some have some respect that if a player is to make a retirement. Uh, announcement. It's a difficult thing. We know how difficult we've we've been there as players transition from being a, a, a you know active player to that uh, retirement, and how difficult that is for each and every one of them. Have some respect. That's the that's news that a player has to share themselves. That's that's not that was not for Jonathan Duran. Um, either, you know, to, to carelessly toss that in. Um, I, and, and the fact that the Canadians, uh, Paul Wilson had to jump in and, and backpedal so quickly, 
and say nothing that he said was was true. Um, that uh, Shea Weber remains the status that that of LTIR remains. Uh, it it shows you how important it was uh, for this to to be dealt with correctly. I I I. I don't know what and and you know the, the fact that uh, the the Dan Robertson's uh, quote in reporting that um, uh, that that there was some sort of uh, it the, this story was not a big deal. Uh, why are you media making such a big deal of this story? It's just webby. This is a big deal, and it is. you know, in a positive way. Yeah. Why are you so jealous, Don, Jonathan Duran? Um, you know, Alan Walsh has has uh, a real history of pitting his clients against the team, against other teammates, mm-hmm. um, and and he needs to to stop talking into this young man's uh, ear because uh, he he's obviously has uh, a little bit of a poor mindset about this whole thing. It's you know the Canadians to start this season have not had a lot of happy moments to celebrate. And everyone who's a fan who's watched the Canadians through the preseason and the regular season so far know that all too well. Saturday night was one of them. And and I'll give I'll even give Jonathan Duran credit of saying one of those moments, yes, was when Jonathan Duran came back, scored his first goal. It was a happy moment for fans who wanted to support Jonathan Duran and show their support. Saturday night's win was another moment of celebration. And this story of Shea getting reunited with his team for a, a small little window of time on this road trip is a happy thing to celebrate and to talk about. And I'm sorry, Jonathan Duran, if you don't understand that um, there is this uh, there is this this relationship that is professional sports and the media who cover it, and it's professional sports participants' job to speak to the media every day about what maybe sometimes you think are trivial matters because it's the media's job to report on them because without the media constantly pumping your tires and talking about you, professional sports loses a lot of its luster. They're there for a job. They're there as the as the communicators between the fans and the athletes and the organization. Uh, and I'm sorry that you felt that this story was just a bit too overblown. That's uh, that's an awful shame. I, I realized Jonathan Duran wasn't there for the playoffs. He left the team in April, but he says uh, that he was plugged in and texting and and getting information. So he must know how important Shea Weber was to this team during the playoffs to both carry how important Carey Price and Shea Weber were carrying this team right through to the Stanley Cup Finals, and how difficult it was Shea Weber having to go in for hours and hours uh, before a game so that he could even play, how difficult it was for him to manage uh, his myriad of injuries. Um, He knows, he should know uh, what Shea Weber has given up to provide that for the rest of the team. And so what what Shea Weber means to the rest of the team his teammates that were there with him. How how do you think that he would have felt if another one of his teammates had said to the media back in early September, 
you know, I think you guys are really making a big, big deal about the fact that Joanne was at Ducharme's golf tournament today. I don't, I really just, I, you know, he, okay, he was here. He played golf with the team. It's no big deal. How do you think he would have felt or fans would have felt if a teammate had said that about John, you know, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to downplay anything that Jonathan Duran went to. I'm simply saying that was a big story for, okay, Duran is out at a team function. He's at Duran's or he's at um, Ducharme's golf tournament and people celebrated that. They were happy about that. And then they wanted to talk about it. No teammate would t- would would dare to say, well, it's really not that big of a deal. It's just a golf tournament. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm just I'm incredibly angered by the words. I f- I'm incredibly disappointed um, that that it was said. Uh, I'm glad that the Canadians immediately stepped in and clarified it. Um but the damage is done. That's that's the unfortunate thing. You can't just reach out into the ether and pull that back. The damage is done. So the story is going to be, the spin is going to be, Joanne let the cat out of the bag that Shay is actually retiring and the Canadians are just going to try to spin it that he's not and cover it up until, you know that that's going to happen. Um, and it's just one more nightmare, PR nightmare that the organization didn't need. Uh, and Shea Weber didn't need it, quite frankly. He doesn't need he doesn't need that kind of attention. Um, any case, I'm not going to. This horse is probably beaten dead enough at this point, but <laughs> it just happened this afternoon before we went to air, and uh, well, that's our take on it. It's just unfortunate that it's it turned such a wonderful moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, what could have been um, described, you know, as, as as a wonderful moment, and all the focus has been uh, deflected by irresponsible words absolutely um so we're with you shea weber we think it's a big deal that you're in seattle to see your teammates and i bet i bet the majority of them think it's a big deal as well um well we think this uh today's show is a pretty big deal we've got (laughs) we've got some more great content coming for you um next up we're going to talk about the laval rocket they've uh They've been doing better than their parent club. So we're going to talk a bit about that. We're going to talk a bit about what games they have coming up this week, the coverage that we'll have for you. Um, and uh, one of their players coming out with some some interesting statements in the media of their own today, which we're also going to touch on. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, but we don't want you to go anywhere. We've got all of that and more coming up on the other side of this message Don't go anywhere. This is the Press Zone Montreal right here on Rocket Sports Radio. NFL fans hungry for a big win this week? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN. 
this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum of $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And welcome back to the Press Zone Montreal right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. I want to make sure that you're following the podcast on Twitter at the Press Zone. Uh, But of course, also, we want to make sure you're following the AHL Report. That's where you're going to get all of the best coverage of the Laval Rocket uh, that you could care to know. Uh, We've got live in-game tweets. We've got full recaps of every game. uh, And we're even going to be having, you know, you've got, well, episodes of this podcast. We're going to have some interviews, uh, exclusive, more exclusive interviews coming up uh, in, in upcoming weeks. So make sure you're following at the AHL report. And of course, last but not least, Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. Just take a look at your podcast player, hit that subscribe button, uh, hit notifications so that you're always notified when there's a new episode every Tuesday and uh, tell your friends because we'd love to uh, we'd love to have as many Hams fans as possible listening as we bring you the great uh, greatest prospect coverage that we can. Uh, In this segment, of course, we are going to cover the Laval Rocket and kind of find out what they've been up to uh, for the last week. Uh, it was kind of an up and down week for for the Rocket. Um, they had three games, one of which was at home, uh, where they hosted the Manitoba Moose for the first time this season, uh, and then they hit the road and played in Providence against the Bruins, and then an afternoon game on Sunday in Bridgeport against the Islanders. Um, calling this a a, a the the title of the, of this week's show is a week of firsts just because there were so many firsts that happened well rick even alluded to it in the, in the previous segment it was the canadians first win of the season uh first hat trick of the season happened for laval there was also a lot of firsts um first goals of the year for guys like wa belzeal uh paquette bisson gianni fairbrother with his first pro goal ever uh happened congratulations to him michael mcniven getting the first shutout for the team for the weekend in in spectacular fashion uh brandon Gignac playing his first game in a laval sweater for the season uh and more importantly the first road trip that the team has taken south of the border into the united states since before the pandemic so since the first couple of months of 2020 this was the first time that they got to leave canada head south of the border and uh, play in the U.S. So it was a pretty significant week on those kinds of fronts. Um, but we'll start with that Wednesday night game hosting the Manitoba Moose. It was a tightly game, uh, tightly played game, uh, and it uh, looked to be that the Manitoba Moose were making a comeback there in the third period. But Laval was able to hold them off and win that one five to four. Um, our Chris G, of course, was in the building at Place Bell. He spoke with a number of the players and uh, Coach Ool after the game. And just want to bring you a few clips. Um, 
Brandon Baddock, surprisingly enough, Brandon Baddock has been, um, you know, we know Brandon Baddock's background in in the league and in and in a Laval sweater. You know, he's he's the tough guy. Uh, he's certainly pugilist. What's that? A pugilist. A pugilist. He's not afraid to toss the gloves, not afraid to stick up for teammates and not afraid to kind of make his presence known. But he's actually also been on the offensive production side of things uh, in this very short uh, first start of the regular season for the Rocket. Um, and and that's been nice to see. Uh, Coach uh, J.F. Uhl even commented, you know, it's great when you're not necessarily expecting to get goals out of your Brandon Baddocks, but when you are getting production from those kinds of guys, that's even better for your team. Um, so he was asked uh, after Wednesday night's game if, you know, now that there's a new coaching staff for the most part except for the goaltending coach um in place in Laval does he feel that the makeup and the and the kind of the the mission of the team has changed a lot from last year to this year and this is what he told Chris no I think uh I think the way our team is built you know it's fast and uh we can be physical and I think uh you know uh coaches realize that and that's how we play so I think it's a good huge difference and just to add to that, you know, most AHL teams, uh, the, the coaching staff that will come in, even though they have their own ideas, their own style, will follow the system laid out by the NHL team, the NHL head coach, so that when players get called up, it's uh, it's easy for them to, to fit in and adopt the style of play. Uh, so it's not a surprise that he says that there's not a lot of difference between last year and this year, because while the the AHL coaches have changed, uh, the NHL coach did not. That is true. Uh, Now, Alex Belzeal, of course, uh, after getting sent down to Laval, clearing waivers uh, from the NHL club, uh, got into the lineup and effective right away, had a goal and an assist uh, right off the bat. And he was asked um, just what is what he's, looking around the dressing room and and what they're doing on the ice, how effective this year's team uh, could be. And he had some pretty encouraging things to say about that. I think we have a lot of depth, uh, a lot of depth in the team. Uh, we had like solid four lines, like solid goaltending with Caden uh, and uh, McNiven as well. And uh, I think if we play, uh, if we if the every night our four line roll like this, and we're going to be a really dangerous team like uh, on both sides of the puck. Caden and Michael. We'll introduce him to Michael. So, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, but but great to you know that's a that's a pretty strong endorsement for your team, uh, saying that he believes all four lines can be rolling, all four lines can be uh, effective, uh, that the goaltending should be solid, and and so we'll see how that goes. Um, they're doing they're doing okay so far, but but good to hear that at least it sounds like within the room, uh, guys are are feeling good about the the team that's been assembled. Um, one of those guys is one of the newer guys, Jean Sebastian D, uh, and for him, as uh, as someone who's kind of this is kind of coming home for him, coming to Quebec, uh, he's just very excited to be part of the organization. Uh, it's been fun. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Just really excited to, to be home and uh, you know with this crowd and just the environment playing for the Abs organization. It's uh, it's pretty awesome. So I'm just you know going to taking one day at a time and enjoying every moment of it. One of those AHL veterans, been around the, the league, um, almost 400 AHL games, 27 years of age. 
born in Laval, so this is uh, a homecoming for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and I believe he also has gotten a couple goals so far this season. He's been he's been effective. Uh, so so overall, just mostly just feeling good Wednesday night after that win. And J.F. Uhl had good things to say, positive things to say uh, about the team in general, had some good things to say about Alex Belzeal, uh and and things of that nature. However, penalties. Mm-hmm. Penalties have been a problem. That was their first that was their third game of the season. And throughout the first three games, they took six penalties. They gave the opposition six power play opportunities in each of the first three games of the season. Um, and Chris asked JF Uhl, um, does does that concern you? <laughs> Is that a problem? And uh, needless to say, coach didn't mince words. Yeah, it is a big concern. It's something that we we brought up in our meeting this morning, and we brought up in our meeting against Belleville. That's twelve. That's eighteen penalties in three games. Like we can't keep doing that. And a lot of those penalties, if you notice, they're in our zone. They're actually in their zone, which is two hundred feet from our net. So you know, it's something that we're going to address again with our players. I think they're aware of it, and uh, it's going to have to cease. No coach is going to appreciate offensive zone penalties, and uh, it'll cease pretty quick if uh, the ice time is cut back for those who are the offenders. And then the narrator said, but it didn't cease. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They went on the road and played two games after that over the weekend, and uh, they had some penalty issues over the weekend as well. So discipline seems to be an issue uh, early on with this team. Fortunately for them, the PK is, is coming up pretty strongly. Um, if it weren't for that, they'd be in a whole heap of trouble. Uh, on the flip side of special teams, however, the power play is really struggling. Uh, power play power play has not been as effective as it's been in the past years. Um, so although they're doing well, um, definitely some things to work on. Definitely areas of improvement to work on. Uh, so, of course, as we mentioned, uh, game recaps at the AHL Report, ahlreport.com. Full game recaps. You get game summaries, line combo stats. Uh, you can watch video highlights. You'll hear post-game audio from interviews. Um, it just bookmark ahlreport.com visit there after every game uh and of course we'll have full coverage of laval's homestand this week um we will be covering let's see they'll be hosting toronto on wednesday and then they have a back-to-back home games uh friday night and saturday afternoon at one uh against the rochester americans so they haven't played the amerks since oh my gosh it's been almost Closing in on two years since the last time they played the Amherst. So that should be a, a good series as well. And those are tough. Uh, 7 p.m. Friday, 1 p.m. Yeah. Uh, Saturday. Those, the, it, it's, it's a fixture in, in the AHL, but those are tough to play. They very much are. Um, now, what about those two road games that they played? Well, uh, the first one in Providence against the Bruins Lights out. Uh, Michael McNiven got the start in the crease, uh, earned a four to nothing shutout. Uh, team played really well in front of him. He looked solid in net. Uh, and then on Sunday afternoon, it was Caden Primo's turn in net, uh, and uh, they flipped the tables. Uh, Bridgeport Islanders were the ones to blank Laval. Laval just could not get anything going whatsoever uh, offensively. 
they lost that one three to nothing. That third goal, by the way, courtesy of former teammate Chris Terry, who's back on the North American side of things. Um, Speaking of somebody that can help a power play. <laughs> Talk about just setting up in your office and shooting. And that's pretty much what Chris, Chris uh, Terry, in this case, uh, found himself all alone on a breakaway f- towards an empty net. So it was a little easier for him this mm-hmm. time. But, uh, but nonetheless... He got that third goal. Uh, so a little up and down. They're, they're three and two, three, one and one, I believe, to start the season now. Or three, two, three and two. A um, little up and down. The interesting thing is uh, every time they're fresh for a game, they've won. The two games that they lost were the second half of a back-to-back. Is that just coincidence? It's a little early to tell, but right now that's been the trend. We'll see if that changes, particularly, as Rick said, with them having a very early back-to-back this weekend. Um, so Michael McNiven had that uh, 4 to nothing shutout on Saturday night. As I said, he looked solid in net. Uh, if you remember back to the Habs preseason during training camp, McNiven looked, very, McNiven looked much more comfortable in net than Caden Primo did for any of the NHL preseason games that he got into. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was night and day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Confident, square to the puck, tracking well. Yeah. Um, absolutely looked better than Caden Primo did at the NHL level. Uh, McNiven looked like that again on 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 Saturday night. And to his credit, Caden Primo has, has looked better uh, in the AHL this season so far than he did in the preseason with the Canadians. The second game of the season... Was the sec- that sec- was one of the ones that they lost. They were playing in Belleville, second half of a of a home and home for opening weekend, and so since Primo had started for the home opener on Friday, McNiven got the start on Saturday night in Belleville. Looked very good. It looked as he normally does. Looked solid in the first period. Second period didn't look the same. Looked a little unsure. Um, you had uh, even commented. Yeah, I mes- messaged and said something's not right because he's not his his recovery was slow. Uh, he, his uh, movement side uh, post to post was was uh, there was a hitch and um, he there was something wrong. He didn't look right in the second period. That's right. I was actually uh, one of our one of our newer teammates, Michael Spinello, was. Um, uh, we were doing kind of a live chat throughout the game to do some some training on AHL coverage and so forth. And and we even commented to each other, McDivin doesn't look the same this period. Um, and so it was kind of like, okay, well, that's that's odd, but all right. Um, and then a, 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 a puck gets past him and Belleville scores. And he continued to not look, just something seemed off. Uh, and two more goals go in so now Belleville's put up three goals and finally McNiven gets taken out of the game and 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 Anthony Marcotte the broadcaster mentions a little later on that um, he learns that McNiven had been suffering from some cramping and that that was why he came out of the game so fast forward to today uh, an interview came out. Uh, Nick Landry from RDS interviewed McNiven uh, coming off of this spectacular shutout that he had on Saturday night. And you can find the article on RDS. Um, and it's it's to some who read this article and McNiven's quotes, 
Some of them are going to need to pick their jaw up off the floor. If you've been listening to this podcast and have been following the AHL reports coverage for the last five years, six years, seven years, uh, this will not come as a surprise to you. Um, because this is a, it seems to be a common theme in this organization. This is not the first player that we have heard this from. And I fear that it's not going to be the last. Uh, McNiven, when asked about the shutout, the, the, the reporter posed the question to him as, you know, wow, you know, talking about this, this shutout on Saturday night after having a, you know, kind of just a so-so game uh, against Belleville, were you really happy that you could turn it around into this great performance? And McNiven said, you know what? That's exactly what I don't want people to think happened. Let me set the record straight. And he comes out and he basically tells the story of how, yes, he was cramping, but he had, according to him, told the coaches multiple times, I'm something's not right. I'm cramping. I can't even I can't even move post to post. I need to come out of the game. And he says that they left him in. And then the first goal went in and he said, I really need to come out of the game. And they left him in. Uh, and continued to leave him in as he says he was playing he says he was playing injured and they left him in probably for 10 more minutes before they finally caved and said okay fine you can come out and so obviously he's irritated that it's that made him look like he got pulled from a game when in fact he was he was battling just to to do the physical movements that he needs to do as a goaltender um he goes on to talk then and, and get things off of his chest about, hey, you know, but I know how it is. Caden Primo, no matter no matter how good my performances are, Caden Primo is always going to come first because he's their guy in the organization. Um, and Rick, we know that, that McNiven and other goaltenders in the organization have gone through this... <laughs> This vicious cycle of kind of getting churned around and toyed around with and sent all over the place and nothing's ever quite good enough. Um, and it's interesting to see him being very vocal about it to start the season. And first, before anybody said, oh, he's just um, blaming the organization for his bad performance. Absolutely That's not. That's utter nonsense. Nope. Uh, you don't have a clue about the organization or about Michael McNiven or about Caden Primo. If, if you're saying anything like that, um, unfortunately, uh, this organization and, and uh, I'm not tying it to a coach. I'm not tying it. This organization, uh, has a history of, uh, playing their prospects hurt. Um, and, uh, I mean, it happened with Charlie McDiv- uh, with Charlie Lindgren, uh, that, that, that's clear. Um, he had a hip injury and was forced to play. It happened. We, we know from Mark Tenorti that it happened with Jared Tenorti. Um, and, uh, this is, this has happened, uh, over a period of years where prospects complain about having to play hurt. Um, and it's, it's, it's unseemly. It's, mm-hmm. it's, and in this situation, I know we should acknowledge that, uh, when you're a backup, uh, when you're a backup at the NHL level, when you're a backup at the AHL level, you're going to get the not so nice, uh, um, um, assignments. For sure. And in this case, it was, uh, Caden Primo 
getting the plum assignment, uh, the this the first game, uh, the first home game uh, in Laval against Belleville. They go back for the back to back, and it's McNiven who's thrown in there. That's that we're, we're, that's that's normal. That's the normal part, except. Uh, and I understand Caden Primo doesn't like going in mid-game and, and all of that, and he's a bit temperamental and and difficult to deal with. But uh, if a player says that he's hurt, um, then you have to make that change. And right. and listen, that Laval didn't wasn't playing. That was the Saturday. They weren't playing uh, again until the following Wednesday. There should be no reason why Caden Primo couldn't have gone in earlier. Uh, and and spelled off uh, McNiven. Um, this is, and I think the the larger point is that so far, you know, all the fans are assuming that Caden Primo is the uh, heir apparent uh, to Carey Price, and Caden mm. Primo hasn't proven anything yet. He's no. looked terrible at the NHL level when he's come up. He hasn't played enough games at the AHL level and he hasn't dominated at the AHL level. He's got a lot to work on. He's got a lot to to adjust uh, with respect to attitude and th- those kinds of things. Um, and he needs, b- before we're, we're into pre- pre- predictions or projections on how he, where he's going to uh, emerge in in the organization, we have to acknowledge that uh, Michael McNiven has gotten these bad assignments. He's gotten shuffled to the ECHL. He's gotten shuffled to other organizations, mm-hmm. um, and he's performed in every in every case. And and still signed a contract to come back this year. He did, um, and and is 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 just expressing. Okay, what what do I have to do here mm-hmm. uh, to be taken seriously? Um, so uh, this shouldn't be seen as as a uh, you know sour grapes. This shouldn't be seen as as uh, complaining. This sh- this should be just seen as a goaltender who, when given the chance to talk about his shutout and his great performance, instead. Wanted to wanted to make it known that uh, he feels that 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 uh, he's not being treated fairly. Well, and the other part of that too is, I think that he's got plenty of experience with people just looking at the AHL goaltenders' stats and just running with that, and that to, and that's supposed to just tell the story. And so, if people hear he gave up three goals, he got pulled in the second period, and look at his stats. Then they're gonna make. Then they're gonna feel that that's the assumption of of his performance, um, and so good on him for wanting to defend himself publicly and saying, just to set the record straight, that was not indicative of my performance. I was playing hurt, and I tried to come out of the game multiple times, and they left me in longer than I would have liked. Um, and I also think, you know, as you say, you know, there is a there is always a hierarchy with gold goaltending tandems, and I think every goaltender understands that. And I think every every goaltender, probably including Michael McNiven, understands that yes, Caden Primo is kind of the the prospect that they are setting up to someday eventually, hopefully, uh, be the the as you say, the heir apparent to Carey Price. But I think you know it would be fair to just ask for a little fairness for the other the other guy in the room or the other the other one in the organization you know and that maybe uh as he says in this article every time they've set a goal for me I've hit it and surpassed it but then they just keep putting me behind it's like they keep pushing the goal 
the goalposts back um, so that no matter how well he performs, it's just not ever quite good enough. Um, and I can't imagine that that's great for morale. And I got I have to understand that that's exceptionally frustrating when you're just trying to work hard and, and do your best. Um, I give him a lot of credit for being outspoken about it. Uh, I am I am keeping my fingers crossed that he is not punished for it. Um I, you know, and we'll be the first to call, (laughs) I'm sure we'll be the first uh, on this show to call it as we see it, if we see something like that happen. Um, It's just unfortunate. And just to add, this isn't all about Michael McNiven. This isn't good for Caden Primo if if he, you know, is given advantages um, in every step of the way and and he's allowed to, to skate through, even though his performance isn't matching um, put him in a competition, um, allow him to compete, uh, against Michael McNiven. And that will, that will improve his mental game. It'll improve, um, his on ice performances, um, make it a true, a true challenge and, and, you know, an even split, um, uh, until, uh, one starts to, to, uh, show their, their, um, superiority. And, you know, we understand J.F. Will even came on this show and told us preseason, you know, that Caden was while they were going to try to play them. I, I specifically asked him, is it going to be a true tandem and they're going to split ice time or is Caden Primo going to be favored? And he said to start the season, they were going to play them a little more equally um, to see how it goes. And that but that, yes, Caden, of course, was going to be a focus for needing to get him ice time and development and so forth. And that's fair. And that's fair. And we said that was fair at the time. Um, According to Nick Landry's article, uh, JF said today that he doesn't know who is starting tomorrow night's game. And I will be very curious to see who it ends up being. Starting off a homestand, McNiven had a shutout on Saturday night. Caden then started Sunday afternoon, second half the back-to-back, and Laval got shut out. Uh, if it, I would like to see McNiven get the start tomorrow night. A, if you're alternating, then alternate. And B, as you kind of alluding to what you're saying, Rick, ride the hot hand a little bit. If McNiven's coming off a shutout, if he's feeling confident, if he starts putting, stringing together some wins, well, okay. Maybe that's going to kick Caden Primo's competitive butt into gear. And, and sure, a little internal competition is healthy. Um, Basically, of course, we want to see Caden Primo develop. We've been saying it since he's his rookie season that he needs to just spend time in the AHL and develop and see a lot of pucks. So we want to see that happen. Uh, but we also want to see whoever the other goaltender is in the organization right now. It happens to be Michael McNiven. We want to see those guys treated fairly. Um, and 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 also, you know, the concerning part for me is is a, a goaltender saying, "Hey, I'm cramping. I really feel like I need to come out," and not taking him out. Uh, you don't want you don't need an injury because because you're you're playing a goaltender who's who's not feeling comfortable physically. You never want to see you you want to see. Uh, yes, you're, there are prospects that um, you're going to um, help develop uh, a little bit more, but you n- never want to see anyone, any player, any part, any person in the organization treated as disposable um and that's what we've seen um in the past with charlie lindgren and uh and now with michael mcniven just our opinion um 
but we've we've been around and this isn't just just Laval. I mean this this goes back, you know, to other affiliations for for the Montreal Canadiens AHL affiliate. We've we've covered this this level of the organization for many 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 years uh, and long enough that we can spot a repeating pattern uh, long before it becomes a headline. Uh, and so um as we, as I said at the top of this, uh, unfortunately, it what McNiven had to say in the press doesn't come as a surprise to us. It's more disappointing to hear that um, yet again we're hearing this out of a player's mouth. But good on him for standing up for himself. We just hope it gets better. Um, all right. Uh, one last thing before we uh, take our second commercial break: the Trois Rivières Lions, the ECHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens, just uh, kicking off their inaugural season. And they're struggling a little bit, still looking for that first win. They're 0-2 to start the season, but a familiar name for Rocket fans uh, is currently leading the team in points, just two points, but still he's the points leader for the team with one goal and one assist, and that is one Arsen Hisamutinov. So I say good good on him. Um, hopefully we see him back up with Laval. Uh at, at some point, Cam Hillis has an assist, by the way, um, an assist or two. And so uh, hopefully things are going well for them. And hopefully the Lions can get their first win very, very shortly. We'll be sure to keep you posted on that. Uh, with that, we are going to take uh, one more commercial break. On the other side, we're going to introduce you to this week's AHL Player of the Week and the four names of guys who are going to be inducted into the AHL Hall of AHL Hall of Fame in Laval during All-Star Game weekend uh, next year. We're going to tell you all about that right after this, so don't go anywhere. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com the Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. 
If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Uh, if you are wanting to follow us on Twitter, make sure you're doing that at the AHL Report. You can also find Rick at All Habs, and you can find me at Flyers Rule. Uh, and so we've got uh, a little bit of AHL news to talk to you about uh, today in this segment. Uh, and the first of which is uh, to introduce you to this week's AHL Player of the Week. Uh, and he is a guy, let me tell you, of, of there's plenty of, there, there's a handful of teams around the AHL who have really kicked things off uh, pretty well pretty strongly to start the season. And the Springfield Thunderbirds are one of them uh, really coming out to a hot start. Uh, of course, um, should mention for, for our Montreal fans listening to, to this podcast, that's where Charlie Lindgren finds himself as part of the goaltending tandem there. Um, but it's one of the defensemen on that team, Scott Perunovic, who's been selected as the AHL player of the week. Um, and uh, the Thunderbirds are sitting at the top of the Atlantic division right now. Uh, and uh, things are looking looking pretty good for them. Uh, but Rick, Scott Perunovic in particular had a, had a pretty remarkable week this week. Not too bad. Scott Perunovic is a defenseman I always liked uh, watching. We saw him in person a few times with UMD, and, and uh, he was one of those guys that um, I think it was called a double overager when it came to, because mm -hmm. uh, he was bypassed in the draft. And, and when he was finally drafted by the St. Louis Blues in the second round in 2018, uh, a late bloomer. Uh, that said, he had a, a great NCAA career, uh, almost a point a game, a playmaker, a puck-moving defenseman, uh, not very big, um, uh, kind of that Quinn Hughes kind of uh, body type, 5'10", 175, and, and, uh, but uh, he, this being his first year in the, NA, in the AHL, has had a, a great start uh, to his pro career. Absolutely. A goal and five assists over three games over the weekend. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. So congratulations to Scott Brunovich. He is this week's AHL Player of the Week. Uh, the AHL also came out with another big announcement today. Uh, as we've mentioned in the past, the AHL All-Star Classic, meaning the uh, All-Star Game and All-Star Skills competition, uh, is slated to make its return this season, knock on wood. Uh, and uh, it will be held north of the border this year. The Laval Rocket set to host. Uh, they were actually set to host uh, back in 2020. Um no, excuse me, 2021. Uh, but of course, with uh, the late start for for the AHL season and the pandemic and so forth, it was it was pushed off to this year. Uh, and so as is typical each year at the AHL All-Star Classic, one of the things that does happen is the induction of that year's AHL Hall of Fame inductees. Uh, and so the announcement came out today, Rick, of who is being inducted this year. Uh, and there's four. 
uh, Keitha Coyne uh, is is going to uh, be inducted, as is former uh, Lehigh Valley Phantoms alum Nolan Baumgartner, uh, Dave Creighton, and Bill Torrey, uh, who is a... Um, He's in the Hockey Hall of Fame uh, and uh, worked in front offices for uh, the AHL's Pittsburgh Hornets as a publicity director and and went had a massive career as an NHL uh, executive, including some Stanley Cup championships as GM of the New York Islanders and so forth. So, Rick, it's a it's a it's a pretty diverse uh, group of guys there. Um, Keith Coyne certainly deserving, I would think. Uh, absolutely. Nolan Baumgartner as well. Um, and, uh, and Bill Torrey, a, a, a legend, um, being involved with the New York Islanders as their GM for years and years and years before moving on to be president of, of, uh, the, uh, Florida Panthers. And, uh, but when you, when you consider that, uh, Bill Torrey began his, um, his uh, career with the California Golden Seals as their general manager, mm-hmm. uh, that's, uh, that's, quite a, that, that's quite a lengthy uh, career. Absolutely. For Keith Acoin, um, you know, undrafted out of NCAA Division Three, and uh, got into the AHL uh, with his hometown team, the Lowell Lock Monsters in 2001, uh, went on, as the AHL uh, press release puts it, most one of the most decorated players ever in the league went on to record 857 points in 769 games, 13 seasons, um, retired as the seventh leading scorer in league history, won the Calder cup with Hershey in 2009 and 10. Um, also has played in a record tying six all-star classics. I mean, pretty decorated, <laughs> pretty decorated in the AHL. Mm-hmm. Um, so a tremendous, uh, it, you know, Rick, it's one of those things. Once we started attending the AHL All-Star Classic, um, you know, the the events themselves, the the skills competition and the game are very exciting to watch. They're fun to watch. It's fun to watch the fans. The guys have a good time. Um, but we also started attending the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. And and it's very special to get to be there um, and and really get to celebrate uh, the guys who helped make the league successful um, in years past. And the connections, uh, they they invite their families, they invite uh, former teammates or, or colleagues. Um, and it's, it's a really, really special event. Definitely is. So if you uh, do happen to plan to head to Laval for this year's uh, all-star celebrations, uh, make sure you check that out because uh, it's, it's always a lot of fun. Uh, so we have lots in store for you at the AHL Report this week. Of course, you may have noticed we were missing our dear friend Patrick Williams this week. That's because, it's, you know, in, in it's it's a good way. It's a good thing in two ways. It means that next week he'll be back for another episode, another edition of the AHL Hot Stove. But it also makes, means that since he wasn't on this week, he will have another edition of his under review column on ahlreport.com tomorrow uh look for that it's it's uh he'll have all sorts of little nuggets and tidbits of things that he's gleaned from from his conversations with people all around the american hockey league this past week uh so always a great great read and very fun so look for that as well as uh game recaps and game coverage for the laval rocket and lehigh valley phantoms at the ahl report all this week 
uh, and Rick. <laughs> With that, I think uh, I think we're going to get to some hockey. Uh, both uh, the Montreal Canadiens and Philadelphia Flyers are out west, so I hope everyone has brewed late some nights. coffee. Yep, uh-huh. <laughs> brew some coffee. Uh, stay up late. It's going to be a fun week, and uh, we look forward to seeing you back here next Tuesday for another great episode of The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit ahlreport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.